Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. We're going to get to a new series today. I'm so pumped about it. I hope you are too. I hope you came expecting. Uh, We're going to dive into the life of Jesus. Blood, fire, rubies. What a weird title. When you follow something and you're like totally wholeheartedly into it and you're like, man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell myself, you know, I'm going to just sell everything, sell the barn, get everything in. Like I'm giving it all up for this. You have to know why and who you're following. And we can't just base it on just faith and Jesus and all that. We have to have something that's grounds for why we follow Jesus. And that's what I want to dive into. I love Jesus because he is the greatest topic to throw out on the table. He's a great topic to talk about. I feel like Jesus has been shaking up the way we do things and shaking up and changing the rules ever since he came. And I love talking about him. So we're just going to dive in for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about why we follow Jesus, who he is. And I feel like it comes down to three things, blood, fire, and rubies. Now, as I was diving into the life of Jesus and what he did and what he stood for and why he came, it came down to three things. His blood, the power that was in his blood, the fire, two types of fire, actually, the one he brought with him, the passion and the fire and that, and then the one he keeps us from, the fire of hell. And then there's this last part, the rubies, the treasure. What we're all here for, right? What we're all going towards, what we're going after is the treasure of Jesus. So we're going to dive into these aspects of Jesus. Today I want to talk about blood. (laughs) Isn't that what you want to hear about? Blood. Does anybody get a little squeamish around blood? Like you like, kind of like turns your stomach. Like I'm not that person. I can handle blood. No problem. You know, when I was, when I was like pre-dad, I was weirded out with like, you know, puke and all that stuff. But now that I'm a dad, none of it bothers me. Bring it on. You know, I literally, it doesn't, nothing phases me anymore. But blood is just not something that, that really wrecks my world. But Ane, my daughter, she's five years old now. She just turned five. She's about this high. She is freaked out with blood. I mean, she could be having the best day. She could even fall and like, no problem, no tears. But the moment she sees blood, The world is ending. And it sounds like she's getting eaten alive by a T-Rex on Jurassic Park. Like, it's bad. And she might see something from like a week or two ago, and it's like a scab or something. But if it looks like it's bleeding, you better watch out. All of a sudden, it's, "Ah, Dad, look over, blood, blood. And we're like, oh, my word, what happened, what happened, what happened? It's like, oh, it's a scab. You know, she's like, oh, my God, it's the worst thing in the world. But, like, blood, like, freaks her out. But blood represents life. If you think about blood, you need it for living. Try it. Poke yourself. You know, if you ever fall and you scrape your knee or you cut yourself, like, you'll realize there's something in you that's making you alive. And it's called blood. Blood represents life. And so when you look back on how we did it pre-Jesus, 
we had this thing called religion. We had it all, you know, working, and we had a cycle, and, and religious leaders even, like, set it up to where we had a system. So it, it all started with sin. Sin was the curse. It, it broke apart the creation from the creator because God was a sinless being. No sin in him at all. And so when sin entered the world and humans became sinful, they couldn't be with God. It was a broken system. The law of sin was death. And death wasn't who God was. God was life. He was life. So there's a broken system. So the curse of sin came into the world. So you saw this back pre-Jesus. We had this thing where they would bring in these animals to the temple. And they would sacrifice these animals. I know it's kind of weird. And sometimes I don't even like talking about it. Because it's like, this is the weird part of like religion and what we believe. But like, they would bring in these animals and sacrifice the animals. And the blood represented life that covered over the dead things. Which is sin. Because sin is pleasurable. It's awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the feelings are awesome, but it only lasts a little bit. And then the ultimate pathway of it is death. So it's this, it's this cycle where it feels good. It's like, oh, sin is pleasurable, but then it ends in death. And so you have to be atoned. It's called atonement over the sin in order to be with God. So we had this thing going on. Religious leaders set it up, and, and they would come in with the, their sacrifice. They would sacrifice the animal. That life would cover over the death, and they'd be atoned. But the problem was they were forgiven people, but they weren't acting out in that forgiveness. There's no heart transformation at all. So it was a forgiven people that stopped there at forgiveness. So they would get forgiven, go on with their life, sin, do whatever they want, and then they'd come to the temple with their animals and get atonement. It would cover them. It was almost like a cell phone payment plan. You know when you have enough data and you only go up to the um, enough data, you know, and it, when you reach your limit, you pay extra, right? So they were getting their data plan. They're coming, getting sacrificed, atonement, and here's your data plan for the month. Okay, thank you. So they go out and they do what they want to do, and they come back in, say, all right, I need so much atonement because I've sinned. And they would do it again. It was this cycle that was broken because we were trying to get right, trying to get with God, but there was no heart transformation. Nothing was changing in us. And so when Jesus came, he was a rule breaker. He came in and he goes, oh, that's so cute. Trying, dude. It's animals and <laughs> that's cool, but it's not enough. It was like because the animals weren't perfect, right? And they tried. If you read back through the scriptures, you'll read all the weird stuff they went through, like no spots on the animals, and it had to be this young, and all this stuff. They they really tried to make it like as perfect as they could, but they needed a perfect sacrifice to cover over all of us forever. And that wasn't happening. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene, he's like, all right, listen, that's a broken cycle. You're not truly with God. Let me help you. And Jesus started changing the rules. He said, listen, you've been really focusing on the rules and regulations and religion and making sure all of this and blah, blah, blah. Let me break it down. It's not about that. It's about what I'm about to do for you. And he kept pointing to this reason he was there. And all throughout his life, you see him in the temple when he was like 11, 12 years old. We don't really know exactly, but we see him in the temple as a young child when his parents lost him. Have you ever lost a child? That's the worst feeling in the world. Like everything goes away. You know what I mean? I'm pushing people, punching people like, where's my kid? Like, give me my kid. And so Mary and Joseph find him in the temple, and the religious leaders are like, this kid is amazing. 
He's like asking us questions and talking on this level that we've never seen. It's crazy. And all throughout his life and his ministry, Jesus always spoke to people on this level. They're like, wow, that's deep. You know me. And he would see through people. He would say, I know you. I know what you did. I know what's in your heart. It's like that movie. I saw what you did last summer. You know, I, I, I know what's, what's inside of you. I know what people have called you, but I, I, I see deeper. I know you. And Jesus started changing the way that people thought and changing the way that people acted out on the love of the Father. And so all throughout his life, he carried this perfect blood. Didn't do anything wrong. Jesus was perfect. He didn't sin. He didn't mess up. He had times of being angry where he flipped tables, which that's a cool story. You got to read that. Comes in, he's like, what? He didn't actually say that, but I would think he would come in and be like, what? Flipping tables, getting all mad. But he never sinned. He never broke down. And he carried this perfect blood. But that's not even enough. Because there's a lot of good religious leaders that have died for their causes. And Jesus died for his cause, which is awesome. Like, he died and, you know, really cared deeply about that. But we can't stop at that. A lot of religious leaders had good things to say and inspired people. But if that's it, then pick your choice of the religious leader you want to choose because that's not enough. A lot of people have died, but that's not, that's not the difference maker. And when Jesus came to the world... He came to change everything around. And so we see him all throughout his life. He's doing ministry. He's, he's doing miracles. He's healing people. And he's talking this conversation about the love of the Father and the forgiveness of who he is. And he's, he's breaking down walls that we've built up to think that it's all about what we do. It's all about what we don't do. And he's, you see him, every story. All throughout, you see him breaking down the walls. It's not about that. It's about the heart. It's not about that. It's about love. It's not about that. It's about forgiveness. It's not about that. It's about getting after the passion of God. And you see this like, like Jesus changing the way people thought. It's amazing. So we see him at the end of his life when he's in the garden. And he, he separates himself. And you see him towards the end of his life. You know, when he's getting closer to the cross, you see him kind of getting tunnel vision and focus. You see him more so than, than not getting away from the disciples to pray and really seek God. And it's like, have you ever had like an exam at the end of the week or a, a job that you know is due by Friday? And you're like, tunnel vision, you know. Everybody's asking to hang out. You're like, I can't. I got something going on. Like, I'm focused. And we see this towards the end of his life. And we see him in the garden where he's praying to Jesus, where he's praying to God. And he's like, Father, I don't want to do this. I can't handle this. Because he understands the weight of what he's about to do. Because he understands that it was more than death. It's, we, we, have to, we have to dive into this because it was more than just shedding blood. Because that's what they had done for, for years before him. In fact, in the middle of the Jews in, uh, doing this and sacrificing, getting atoned, they were separating themselves from the Gentiles. They're actually creating racial division. And when he came in, Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not what I died. This is not what it's all about. You've missed the point. There's no heart transformation. So when he was in the garden, he was praying to his father. He's like, Father, this is too much. I don't know if I can handle this. And the Bible actually 
talks about how he prayed so hard and was so intense in it that blood actually dripped out of his forehead. Like an intense prayer, like he understood the weight of what he was about to do. And when he went to the cross and he died for us, it was a moment where he made atonement for all of our sins. And from then, like at that moment, the Bible says that the curtain was broken. When they say that, there was this curtain in the temple where no one could enter the temple but the priests, but the Levites. So they had this like select people that could go in and they had to do all the ceremonial washing and all the stuff before they could enter the presence of God. But when Jesus died, he broke apart the veil. All of a sudden the curtain was gone. It was like Wizard of Oz. You can see him now, you know? Like, oh my word, there's God. We can get to him. And he broke the veil with his death, which is awesome because that means we're forgiven. It means all we have to do is come to him. Isn't that great? We don't have to go through a process. We don't have to get ourselves clean in order to come into his presence. All we have to do is bring our filthy garments and bring who we are to him. Isn't that amazing? Like we don't have to prepare. We just have to prepare our hearts to say, God, I need that. I need your forgiveness. And so he broke the veil with his death, but he didn't stop there. Because if he would have stopped there, it would have all been just about atonement and just been forgiven. But Jesus came to break the rules. And that's why we follow him, because he's, he's a rule breaker. We follow him because he knows what's really going on. And sometimes when we think we know what's going on, we tap into him. And we're like, oh, that's really what's going on. But Jesus came not only to die, but what set him apart is that he conquered death by raising himself from the dead. And that's the game changer. That's what sets him apart from all other religious leaders. From all other great people who have said great things and have thousands of followers, still have thousands of followers all around the world. But the reason we set Jesus apart as the Messiah, the Savior, is because he not only died, but he conquered death. And in that, check this out. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. It says, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people. Hallelujah. We're free. No longer does sin have hold on us. We're free. No leash, no chains. Like, it gone. Like, we good. You feel it? We're free. But check this out. Free of penalties, free of punishments, chalked up by all our misdeeds, and not just barely free. See, I feel like when you stop at just the being forgiven part, you stop at being barely free. But he says, we're not barely free. Either abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need. Let us in on the plans he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in the deepest heaven and everything on planet Earth. You see, my van was broken into. And they broke open the door and got inside and messed up all the metal. And so it couldn't latch or lock. So my door still opened and closed, but it didn't latch. It wasn't up to its full capacity. It wasn't up to the full production of why it was made, right? I'd be going on the highway and all of a sudden, Whoa! like doors open, like, Whoa! like, oh my word, it's like a doorless Jeep, you know, with a van. It's weird. 
not supposed to be like that. And so it would come open and close, but it wouldn't latch and it wouldn't lock. And for years, that's what we did, is we came and we got forgiveness, and we go back to our lives. And we didn't understand the purpose, and we weren't truly coming alive. And I don't know where you are in your life, but you might feel like that. Like you're not truly living out all that you could be. You feel broken. You feel like this is just a cycle. I feel like all I'm doing is walking around in circles. And I don't feel like I'm living up to my true potential. And that's, that's because maybe some, some of you ha- haven't gone to that phase of coming alive in him. Because when he conquered the grave and when he rose from the dead, he showed not only are we forgiven, but we are to come alive in who he is. And it's through his life, it's through his resurrection that we find the power to live out who we are in him. The Bible says that we're new creation. When he comes inside of our story and makes us new, we not only stay there, he lets us come alive to our purpose, why we're made. And Jesus came and he said, hey, listen, this is a cute little cycle you got going on. You're forgiven, then you go back, then you're forgiven, then you go back. Let me change the game. I'm going to die once and for all. Forgiveness is everything. I break the veil. You come on in. Come on into my presence. And then, don't stop there. Now you go out and you live your purpose because I came for my purpose so that you could come alive to your purpose. And we come up, that's why we say it all the time. We come alive to our purpose so that others can find theirs. We come alive to the purpose that God calls for. And he, and he calls us to do this. Check it out. He says in John chapter 15 verse 12. I love this scripture so much. John chapter 15 verse 12. says, my commandment is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Now that is hard. Yo, let's get real for a sec. That's hard. That person that cursed you out. That kid at school that talked about your kid. Come on, somebody. We're going to get real for a sec. That person that lied about you behind your back to your closest friends. They tainted your character. Love each other as I have loved you. Now, Jesus, you don't mean that person. God, you don't mean this kind of love for everyone. He said, yeah. Because when he came, they rejected him. When he went to die, they rebuked him. Oh, Jesus, you're all that. Well, save yourself. But he loved with an unconditional love. There's no conditions on what you did. It was all about what he did. And when we get truly free, not barely free, when we get truly free in him, We come alive to that unconditional love where we don't put conditions on others. Well, if you treat me this way, if you ask, you know, if you talk about me like this, if you make sure that you're my friend, then I'll love you like that. Jesus said, no, 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 let me break it down for you. No matter what happens, you lay down your life for your friends. You lay down your life for your enemies. You pray for your enemies. And this, he broke death down and said, that doesn't conquer us. Sin doesn't conquer us. Sin has no power over those that I call alive because I come alive in them. And so we come alive to the purpose for which we're here. 
to love unconditionally. So Jesus came in to change it all. He didn't just come to free us. He came to release us. He didn't just come to set us free. He came to release us on the earth and say, go make disciples. Go show everybody what I've done for you by doing it to them. I didn't judge you. You came in filthy. You came in with all your baggage, all you got going on. You came in with all that sin. And you know what Jesus did? Put his arms wide open. See, I don't know where you sit. I, I don't know. I, all I can do is talk about my experience and talk about what I know. But like, I throw Jesus on the table, and I don't know where you sit with that. You might be struggling with the whole Jesus thing. And I get it. I get it. Because I understand. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christ followers. They call themselves Jesus people. And they're out doing exactly the opposite of what Jesus did. I get it. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Because your vision of him is tainted by a follower who claimed to be like him. But if you really break down who Jesus was, you understand that's not at all who he was. He didn't judge. In fact, there's a story in the Bible. I love this story. It's where people were about to stone this woman. And rightfully so, right? Because the law said, it was the law. The law said she should die because of this. And they're all picking up their stones. Have you ever felt like that? Where you feel so judged. And you're sitting there helpless. And people are picking up stones. And you know they got stuff going on too. But they just haven't been found out yet. So they're picking up them stones. And they're getting ready to judge. And Jesus walks in. I love this moment. Because I feel, I feel like that person sometimes. I don't know if you've ever felt that, where you feel like you're that person. And he came in, he said, hey, listen, if any of you have nothing going on, then cast the first stone. But he looked through the judgment. He looked through the conditions because that person wasn't right. But he looked through it. And he spoke to the heart. For those of you that, man, you're struggling with this whole Jesus thing, I get it. And if you need time, I get that. But I want to give you an opportunity today Give Jesus a shot. Not his followers. Please don't base it on us. We're flawed. Anybody else flawed? I am flawed through and through. That's why I thank God so much that he's God and I'm not. Because if you are looking at me as like this per man, give up. You'll quit change right now. Because <laughs> I'm flawed but I can come alive to the freedom that God has in me because he died, but he not only died. He rose again to show that death has no power over me. So I don't have to be imprisoned by my sin. I don't have to be imprisoned by my addictions. I don't have to be imprisoned by the way that I used to be. I'm alive in him, and I claim that power that was in his blood. I know it's blood. Ew. Who wants to talk about blood? But blood represents life. And his life was poured out so that we could come alive in him. I don't know where you sit. But I want to give you an opportunity. Give Jesus a shot. Give him a shot. See what happens. Rest in him. Rest in his power. See what happens if he gets involved in your life. 
I know for me, he's changed a lot of me because I was a very selfish person. I kind of still have those tendencies <laughs> sometimes. You have tendencies. Anybody else got tendencies? Come on. But Jesus, for me, he started changing the way I think and the way that I act and the way that I treat my wife and the way that I treat my kids and the way that I'll treat you. And the way, you know, like, like God changed everything for me. And so I don't know where you sit, but I want to give you a shot. Just, man, Jesus, give you a try. If that's you, would everybody just close your eyes just to give a privacy of this moment? If you're in this place and you're like, hey, Lodge, I would love to give Jesus a try. I would love to just dive into who he is and just, man, let him be Jesus to me. And maybe you've tried and you've had others and I don't know what your story is. But if that's you, I just want you to raise a hand. Just say, Lodge, that's me. Would you pray with me? Yeah, awesome. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just give Jesus a shot. It's awesome. Anybody else? I don't want to pass this moment up. You say, Elijah, I want to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. I want to pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for these in this room that have made the decision to give you a try, God, to really dive into your love and your, your forgiveness and who you are, but not to stop there, to come alive to their purpose. And I thank you for this moment. You say that the angels are celebrating in heaven, and we celebrate with them, God. We thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. And I pray that you'd help my friends. Help them. God, just like you helped me. Pray that you'd be with them, guide them, lead them. Even when life happens and life, life struggles happen and everything still comes at them, God, you give them strength and you give them peace. Because in your presence, that's where the peace is. In your presence is where joy is. In your presence is where our strength comes from. So God, I pray that you'd help them to rest in that. And even right now, let them feel your presence, God, like you do to me so many times where I'll just I'll feel your embrace. Let them feel that. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. You're amazing. You're amazing, God. You're amazing, Lord. Okay, can we just join with heaven real quick and just celebrate for a sec? Can you just round of applause, like scream for all these that give their heart to God? Woo! That's awesome. We are so pumped for you because we understand what God did in us. Right? We were all there. We had to give Jesus a try. And now it's like, yo, we're coming alive to our purpose. We're not just staying forgiven. We're coming alive to it. We're loving everybody. All right. One more call because I, I got to pray for you in this because I, I got to pray for myself in this. But if you're here, man, and you're like, Lodge, listen, I've gotten a little off track. And, you know, I've been, I've been thinking a bit that it's about something else than it really is. And today kind of opened my eyes and it's all about love and unconditional love. And I've been treating everybody like this and that and that. Whatever it is, if you want to join with me and say, Lodge, would you pray that I would come to this realization that, man, it's all about Jesus' love, unconditional, like lay it all down, come alive to my purpose. Like, I just want to do that today. Would you just lift a hand? In fact, even stand up to your feet with me and, and join me. I want to pray for you today that God would, would shape our love. Would shape our love. Because you might love humanly, like emotionally, like if it feels good, I'm going to love. But if that's you, just would you, just you join me? And I want to pray for you today that God would just shape us. And make us better than we were before. And, and shape our passions to where it's not just passions for the things that excite us. But it's a passion for what he's passionate about. Because he came to this earth and he brought heaven down with him. And he did so much, but he died for us. Even when we spit on him, he died for us. Even when people rejected him, he died for us. And my prayer is, God, do that in me. Do that in me.
When someone cuts me off next time or flips me off or curses me out or talks about my mama or talks about my wife and talks about my kids. Wow! If you're a parent, you know. Makes your blood boil. Talk about blood. But God, in the midst of that, let me have passion for what you have passion for and respond out of that unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness so that we let his message, his gospel, become the number one gospel that's alive in Philadelphia, that's alive in our jobs, that's alive in wherever we put our foot. If we travel, it goes with us. No matter what happens, it's unconditional. It's not on you. It's on me. Raise both hands up if that's you. Say, God, I need you. I need you. God, shape my love. Shape who I am. Make me more like you. How you gave your life for me. You said no better love than this to lay down one's life for your friends. So God, we pray, shape us. Shape us, God. Make us people who are passionate about the lost. Make us people who are passionate about others. God, even our enemies, even those that tried to destroy us, try to come against us, create a love in us that's so deep that it looks over all of those things. In the name of Jesus, we claim this and we thank you for what you did. We thank you for the example you sent for us to come alive to our purpose so that others can come alive to theirs. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.